Welcome to the Fit Pro Business Podcast, where you'll receive sales, marketing, and business building tips from industry leaders that will help you take your business to the next level. Head over to fitprobusiness.com to receive your free three-part video series on how to attract more qualified leads, schedule more consultations, and close more sales. Now, here's your host, the -the in-the-trenches fitness business owner, Andy Salazar. Hello, Fit Pro Business podcast listeners. I want to thank you for joining me for another fantastic episode. Today, I am joined by Mr. Alan Cortez. Alan helps fitness business owners attract new clients using social media and can get you more clients in 30 days. Hey, Alan, I want to welcome you to the show. Uh, Would you mind telling the audience a little bit about your story and how you got to be where you are in helping fitness business owners? Yeah, absolutely. Andy, thank you so much for having me on uh, your show. I'd be more than happy to to dive into some of the specifics and see if I can help, uh, you know, some some fitness professionals along the way. So, yeah, I mean, basically with me, um, so I guess I, I kind of like to take it step by step in terms of how I got to like where I am today. And like mm-hmm. one of the big points uh, for me was I kind of got started in entrepreneurship early on. So in high school, um, I was actually working in a I was working at a subway, right? Like it was my first job. And I was just like, all right, subway. I had my last paycheck. It was like. $160. And I was like, damn, I was like, this sucks. I got to work really hard to like back then minimum wage was like seven, eight bucks, you know? <laughs> right. So y'all are complaining today. Back then it was seven, eight bucks. <laughs> uh, so I was doing that and I was like, all right, well, what can I do? You know, being from a Latino family, my mom's always been a hustler. People I know have been hustlers. Like, what can I do to turn this 160 into more? So then what I did is I went into, uh, into like basically like a smart and final. And I was like, okay, well, the smart and final, the candies are half off. Like maybe I could sell candy in school, uh, buy it for 50 cents and sell it for a dollar. So I was like, all right, let me try it. I'll start small, I'll experiment. So I bought like 30 bucks worth of candy, put it in my bag. And I was like, you know, super shy at first. Like, hey, like you guys want to buy some candy? But keep in mind at this point, I think this was like 2008, 9, 10, I forget when. Uh, this is when in like Southern California, basically, uh, candy and sweets were outlawed because like Schwarzenegger was like governor and was like, yo, everyone has to be healthy. Long story short, there was a demand. I saw it. I, you know, bought a couple candies. So Mexican candies, said, hey, you guys want to buy some candy? And then boom, within like an hour, two hours, I was sold out. So then I, that's how I got started. So I was known as a candy man. Nice. Uh, and yeah, I would, uh, I would basically buy candy. Uh, I would buy about, about $150, $300 worth of candy and then sell it for double. So I started hustling candy at school. I, had, I was known as the Candy King. Uh, I had a candy uh, candy prince who was the, the second top producer and then the candy peasant who didn't sell as much. We just had titles. So that's how I did it. You know, I just started like that. And I was like, yo, this is fun. You know, like you find a demand, you hustle it. You got to overcome your, your insecurities of talking to people. I would sell it teachers. And at one point, you know, long story short, they even had the principals like, hey, watch out for students selling candy out of, their, out of their backpack. So the operation was big. I was making like $300 a day. People would pick up their bags of candy uh, from the trunk of my car in the morning, sell it, come back with profits for X amount they sold. You know, they'd get paid. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And then from there, uh, I basically transitioned into college. So fast forward, I went to UC San Diego. Um, I was a fraternity president there. That's where I really got the foundations on leadership, Sigma Phi Epsilon, uh, you can see it. I actually have it there just so you know, in case nobody believes me. Uh, and that basically helped me set the foundations for success. I studied nanoengineering, uh, going forward from that, I graduated, went to, you know, your, your traditional nine to five, a uh, job. I was actually a, a scientist at a biotechnology company 
And, you know, I was doing a lot of lab work and stuff like that. But what ended up happening was I was like, yo, like, this is never going to help me live the life that I want. And I just didn't feel like I had an immediate impact uh, on people's lives like I wanted to. So, you know, basically why I left, you know, is I wanted to, to help people empower themselves uh, to, to improve their situation. And that's kind of how I got my gratification from there. Um, so then I basically started my, my, my fitness marketing business on the side. The reason I chose fitness was because I was like, you know what, like I've always liked working out, did a little football, a little wrestling in high school and then in college worked out, you know, so I always loved that. I knew what the mental, uh, translated from the physical. And I was like, you know what, if I can help people, help people, you know, look and feel good. I was like, why not? So it was a win-win there. Um, and then, you know, so I basically went from that. I built my business full time and then I, I matched the income I was making at my job and then I left and I just went full time with the fitness marketing. That's how I got started. And how long have you been doing the fitness marketing now? Yeah. So it's about two and a half years, uh, I think going on three, uh, roughly. So, you know, with some months and stuff like that. Um, but basically, you know, like you mentioned, what it is I do now is I basically help, you know, gym owners, personal training studios, fitness businesses, attract new clients in the door using social social media marketing, you know, in roughly 30 days or, or less. And I do this with training programs, basically. Um, yeah. Awesome. Now, one of the things I like to start interviews off with is a lot of my guests have favorite quotes that inspire a lot of fitness business owners. So um, what's one of your favorite quotes and what does that mean to you? Yeah. So uh, it was tough to choose. You know, when I thought about it, I was like, man, like what's, you know, what's one of my favorite quotes, you know, just thinking about it normally, but one that always resonates to me uh, is, is a quote that goes, uh, you are not the highest version of yourself. You can imagine you are the lowest version of yourself, which you can accept. Mm. And basically what that means to me is, you know, we always strive to, to be X, Y, Z person. Uh, and we're always talking about goals and who we want to be. But at the end of the day, like, who you are today will not achieve the level of success that you want. So the lowest version of yourself you can accept from how you eat, how you think, how you treat others, how you run your business, you know, that's who you are now. And in order for you to transition to the person that you want to become, uh, you have to change yourself starting with you and then everything else around you. And that's kind of what that quote means to me. Awesome. Yeah. Constant and never ending improvement. It's kind of the same thing for fitness business owners. You can't stay the same and expect to keep getting the same results. You have to constantly be improving and looking to involve yourself in your business. Right. 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 Absolutely. Some of the things, you know, from fitness business owner perspective, you know, there's a lot of talk about social media marketing and how to drive leads into your business. Um, What are some of the tips and tactics tactics you can give fitness business owners to generate leads through social media and create more engagement? Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's kind of two tiers that I like to think of it as there's like organic and and free ways to get clients. And then there's paid social media marketing, Uh, for example, like Facebook and Instagram marketing, which is more of what I focus on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, organic is obviously free. Uh, So it doesn't cost much to create content, you know, for your ideal client to position yourself as a local expert, uh, but what you really want to do when you're going the organic route is you want to consistently, oh, first, first things first, you want to identify who your ideal client is. You know, I talk to different gym owners, personal trainers, and a lot of them say like, oh, well, my ideal client is, is anyone who's willing to pay or, or, you know, men between like 25 and 65. Like, honestly, like I train everyone. But if you look at the spread, you'll realize that like 80% of your clientele is within a smaller spread of demographic. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the clientele that pays you the most. Right. So first identifying who your ideal client is, their pains, fears, desires, and aspirations. Uh, that's what allows you, when you understand that, that allows you to create content because you know what they want. Yeah. For example, you know, a busy mom in her 30s and 40s with one or two kids is not going to have the same desires for getting in shape as, as, a, as a, a younger lady who's, you know, between the ages of 23 and like 27, who's more for like the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, 30s and 40s, your metabolism might start to change a little bit. And when you can create content that resonates with them, that's when you position yourself as a local expert uh, from, that pers- from that perspective. Uh, and another way to get, you know, free clients is a lot of times you'll see that you'll have consultations, you'll have um, past or current clients that are within your ideal client demographic. Um, and as you go talking to these type of people, even if they don't sign up for your programs, you want to start adding them as friends list on Facebook to your personal page mm. to keep them in the loop. Because just because they're not a client one day, you know, when they start seeing testimonials and all the good content that you position yourself at, you know, you put out there and then they start realizing like, wow, look at all these people getting awesome results. All right. I wasn't ready then, but you know, when I am ready, like, you know, Andy's going to be the guy because he's top of mind. He's always producing good stuff that has value. And that really like knowing your ideal client and creating content is what really drives engagement. So if you ever notice, like if you post stuff and it's kind of like general, it's like cool, but it doesn't captivate the audience as much as if you talked about, you know, for example, the three daily frustrations when it comes to getting in shape for women in their thirties and forties. And then based on the stuff that you talk about derived from the ideal client stuff, uh, the research that you did, then it's like, Oh wow. Like that's perfect. That's exactly, you know, what my problem is. And Andy really knows what he's talking about when it comes to, to, you know, getting in shape for, for my type of you know personality in person. Right. So from a business perspective, you really have to dive into the, you know, what drives or motivates the ideal client that you're trying to get to and then release content that when they see it or read it, they're like, hey, he's ta- he's talking to me like this is the guy that I want to do business with. Yeah, absolutely. And we have to understand that people buy from a marketing perspective. They buy off emotion. They don't they, they buy with emotion because of, of what they're trying to accomplish and what their life would be like. Uh, and, and your job is basically taking someone from their problem and their current situation, and you are the gap that they're missing to get to their desired situation. And when you think of it like that, it, it puts it a lot more into, into perspective. And what advice could you give fitness business owners that may be struggling with developing content, releasing content, um, getting themselves out there? What sort of tips or advice could you give, you know, the fitness business owner that, you know, knows he needs to maybe shoot, you know, some videos, dropping, you know, content on clients, maybe blogs. What advice would you say that to the fitness business owner to actually produce quality content that's going to resonate with his audience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would, what, what I would recommend is to go ahead and, and take, you know, five, 10 clients that you already have and, you know, just Google like market research questions or something like that and start asking them these questions and then start to try to identify patterns as to why they signed up with you. Why not with the competition? Like, what do they want in their fitness? What are they struggling with? What was their past like? Uh, you know, where are they trying to get to now, you know, because of these situations? And you really use that to create the content, number one, like for ideas. Uh, and then number two, you know, I would recommend, you know, as that and then obviously building a friends list is important because if... If all your friends are guys, but you're working with 
like, like for example, on Facebook, but you're working with uh, mainly women in thirties and forties, mm-hmm. you're not going to be reaching the right audience. So you want to want, want to constantly consistently add new people uh, who are a good fit as friends. You want to post content roughly three times a week uh, minimum, just so that, you know, people don't know you just, dis- you know, you disappeared. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, uh, you want to make sure that um, you can use your phone. You know, it's like these days, the iPhone cameras are so powerful. What I do, if you ever look at my page, like I literally pull out my, my iPhone and, and I go selfie mode and I'm just like walking around kind of like blog style. And it doesn't have to be a super fancy setup. You don't have to be, you know, invest, you know, $2,000 in a good camera. It's more important to take action, to start creating content and just do it and then experiment. Yeah. And then from there, you know, start innovating and tweaking as you go. Now, do you recommend any sort of like um, schedule for um, posts, like posting in advance, maybe scripting out like a couple of weeks at a time or uh, anything? Because I know like even from my perspective, like I put out a lot of content and I, I know that I would benefit from actually scripting it out. Like, you know, today, Monday through Friday, what am I going to do? Opposed to just, oh, I need to shoot a video or I'm winging it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you re- have any recommendations on how fitness business owners can be consistent with releasing content? Yeah, absolutely. So what I do is I take maybe one, two days in the week when it's the slowest and I just kind of highlight and bullet point kind of what my content's going to be. And I always go back to the market research to see like, what do, what do my uh, ideal clients want to learn and why, and what are they struggling with? And I try to provide value that way. So I block it out to maybe one or two days uh, and then I, I do it all and I'll do like, you know, three to four posts from there. And then I'll use software like Hootsuite or, or uh, what is the other one called? Uh, Smarter Q. And basically it allows you to put it on Facebook, LinkedIn, your personal profile and your, your groups. And on top of that, you're allowed to put it on your business page. So you, you create it, you schedule it, right? You want to schedule it to when somebody is, you know, if you're working with someone who has a typical nine to five job, they're probably going to be home six, seven, 8 PM or early in the morning when they get up and check their Facebook to go to work. That's kind of the ideal time or lunchtime when you would post it and you just schedule it out. Right. And that's kind of how I do it so that I'm not like, okay, one profile, next profile, next profile. I create that one or two days, create the content, a mixture of videos, pictures, testimonials, before and afters, uh, you know, personal tips and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. then I just schedule one to post it. Nice. So um, that's really I, that's a good a good idea. Something I hadn't thought of for my business is really systematizing, you know, your post through a service like Hoot Hootsuite. Is that what it is? Yeah, Hootsuite and, and Smarter Q. Smarter Okay, I'll put those links in the show notes for this, uh, so fitness business, business owners can check that out. So, um, do you got do you have any other sort of tips on getting more leads through your social media? Some maybe some you know marketing secrets on how um, fitness business owners can drive more leads. It doesn't necessarily have to be organic, but maybe some paid advertising options um, as far as utilizing Facebook ads and Instagram ads. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll I'll touch on on one more key point before I talk about paid ads um, that you can do right now. So one strategy that, that I tell, you know, my clients and my students is like, hey, like, don't forget that there's a, a big list of people that you've done business with in the past and, you know, who might have signed up uh, in the past, got good results, past clients and current clients. Uh, and then you think about it, you're like, how many times do you, do you actually reach out to them and nurture them and just say, hey, how's it going? Like, are you enjoying your experience? What can we do to, 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 to improve, you know, the facility, the experience? And, you know, just have a casual 
for human conversation mm -hmm. and send them a text doesn't have to be too crazy once a month. And then from there, what you can do, you know, when you start getting in that habit, you know, once every two weeks, maybe once a month, you say, Hey, by the way, um, Andy, you know, I, I know that you got awesome transformation here. You lost 30 pounds in, in a span of eight weeks. Um, are there any other friends or family members that you would want to work out with? We can hook them up with a free trial, a free consultation and get them in so they can work out with you. And when you're cool with somebody at that level and, and it's personable and then you ask them for a referral or for leads, mm -hmm. so to speak. You know, if the gym I was at asked me, hey, Alan, like we're trying to, you know, have, you know, have 100 people have amazing transformations this month. And do you have any friends or family members who might want to come in for a free trial? I will go out of my way because they're cool and I like them and I've gotten good results with them to go find friends. Like, you know what? That guy, Keegan, he's been lazy lately. You know, my friend, I'm going to hit him up. I'm going to tell him to get up. So that's one quick thing you can do is just send a text message. And if you don't want to do it manually, what you can do is use software like, uh, what is that one called? It's called, I'm going, I'm going blank here. Um, Scipio. That's what it's called. Scipio. Okay. Yeah. I've yeah, um, so. researched uh, Scipio and there's another um, software also that's called off day trainer that um, is really good for fitness business owners as well. Yeah. Well, something like Scipio, it just basically allows you to, to import all of your numbers and, and name and contact info, send a mass text, and it, and it sends them a personalized text instead of a massive one. And then you can pop up on your screen who you're having a conversation with. That way you can keep track of it. So that's something that's a little bit more personable than manually texting everyone. Right. Uh, but that's, that's the organic side of things, I guess. And Absolutely. Then, I think um, from a, you know, a lot of business, fitness business owners are always kind of chasing the new leads, the new clients trying to bring new people in the door. And, and when they really actually have a built-in market of existing clients and previous clients that they may not be following up with and reaching out to to drive in, you know, drive them back into the business. And also on that point, you know, somebody that's done business with you before in the past that has had a good experience is a lot easier to sell and bring in than somebody that's new that doesn't know you or is just finding out about you. Absolutely. And then we have to take into account that there's different levels of, of lead quality. So there's like a referral. That's what's considered like a hot lead, right? Yeah. Referral. Somebody's already talked them up for you. They're, they're probably like 60, 70 percent of the way there to sign up most right. of the time. And then social media with paid advertising is like right in the middle. It's warm. It's not cold, like cold calling someone, but it's not hot like a referral. But at the same time, you know, all they know from paid advertising is like, hey, like I just saw something on, on Instagram or I saw something on Facebook, like it sounded cool. I don't know too much about them. So they kind of got their like, you know, they're a little bit more reserved because mm -hmm. it's the internet and people don't really trust the internet, right. uh, which basically transitions into paid advertising unless you had any other comments of, about what I just said. No, I think we're rocking and rolling. I'm interested in getting into the paid advertisement. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, obviously the benefit of paid advertising with, with social media, Facebook, Instagram, is you have a larger reach and a larger audience size pool to select from. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you don't know what you're doing, uh, what the numbers mean, like the metrics um, in marketing, people think like, oh, well, I don't think this ad is performing well. Well, you got to look at the numbers and remove emotion from mm -hmm. marketing because yeah. it is not emotional at all. It's very scientific. Yeah. You got to look at the numbers and, and you drive behavior with data not emotion which sometimes people get it the other way around uh and you know you what you can uh you know what you can end up doing is is setting up a campaign not knowing what you're doing and not get any leads and, and lose you know money right so right. i see that happen with with people who try it on their own because like oh you i want to save i want to save a dollar i don't want to hire a marketing company or i don't want to invest in this program um but you know what they say you know ignorance is bliss until you get caught up and you end up losing a thousand dollars and you're like damn 
Right, right. Well, I don't think there's, like, I know for myself, I've come a long way in regards to marketing, but uh, there's probably no business owner that's ran ads on their own on Facebook that hasn't lost money. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And I also, and- also, I think too, is like you were talking about the numbers and, you know, a lot of fitness business owners just look at marketing as an expense because they're having to put out money every, every month, whatever they set as their budget, but they're not really paying attention to what the lifetime value is of a client. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, if I'm spending, you know, let's just say $100 to obtain a $300 client, that's $200 of profit. Mm-hmm. It cost me $100 to acquire them, but I made $200. And that's just on maybe the, the first month. That doesn't even include what the lifetime value is of the client. So that's some of the bigger numbers that like you were referencing that fitness business owners really need to look at when in, in regards to marketing and getting in new leads. Right. Absolutely. And in addition to that, like knowing the numbers, knowing the metrics, uh, you have to be effective at the, uh, you know, when it comes to lead generation with paid advertising, you, you basically know who you're targeting. And that comes down to, again, knowing your ideal client. That's the number one thing that you need to do. And most people don't think it matters. But if you don't know who your ideal client and you don't know how to speak their language, you know, you're, you're almost 50 percent chance you're setting yourself up for, for failure. And with that said, knowing your ideal client allows you to write good copy. And copy is basically the words that you use to persuade someone, excite someone to take action. Um, And it basically speaks to, you know, their desires, their fears, there's different angles that you can take with it. Um, And then, you know, associated with that, when when you do know that ideal client, you have good copy and ads, you want to make sure when you're doing paid advertising that you have good videos and photos that basically make people stop what they're doing and just take a second look. Because we have to understand that on, on social media, we think, you know, you know, our fitness businesses are like, oh, this is the most amazing thing. Everyone's going to want to know about it. But nobody, at the end of the day, nobody cares about you more than you. And that's just true. Right. And nobody else does either. So you want to have something that captivates their attention and just makes them stop. Uh, and then from there, you're competing with cat videos, memes, their <laughs> friends. And from there, you know, you basically have to be able to make them stop in their tracks when they stop, they read the headline and then they read more into what you have to say. And they're like, oh, click this link, you know, consultation, $10 for 10 days. Oh, what is this? And they click the link, they go to a landing page. And that's the second component. The landing page is basically the page, looks like a website page that somebody clicks on after, you know, they see your ad and that gives them more details of the offer. And then that has a call to action. So take the next step, boom, boom, boom. And then you're scheduling them for an appointment, a trial, an offer, and then you go from there. And obviously the lead follow-up and scheduling is absolute priority because at the end of the day, like the attention span of people on the internet is like less than a goldfish now. I think a goldfish is like 10 seconds and humans are now at like eight seconds. (laughs) So they forget, like there's there's people I talk to, like they're doing lead generation, uh, other gyms and like, yo, well, I messaged them, you know, I reached out a day later and like, they're like, "What, what is this? I was like, you got to reach out within like five minutes with like a text, uh, a phone call or a combination of both because people forget within the day. Like, I don't even remember what I did two days ago, let alone what I put on <laughs> social media, right? So scheduling is a must. And yeah, that's basically kind of the gist high level of how to do more effective paid advertising. Yeah. You break it down in the, in the components. You optimize each component. And if one component's broken, you got to identify which one it is and be able to fix it and then keep driving that machine forward. Yeah, I think that's uh, as far as the advice on following up right away, that's um, really good advice. And I know in the past I've been guilty of that myself because you get caught up, you get busy. But if you can possibly delegate that, you know, follow up with to somebody else, at least some sort of 
automatic follow-up, whether that's a text you send out right away, uh, that's huge in regards to keeping that person engaged and, and ready to, you know, follow up with, for that call or that consul come in for that consultation. Right. Absolutely. Um, and you know, the next level of that is, is, you know, that there's a lead generation, the marketing part, but the next level that sometimes people neglect, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but when I ask gym owners, like, what's your sales process like? They're like, oh, you know, we, we bring them in and we kind of just like take measurements and like show them the workout. And then if they want to buy, they buy. But it's, you know, at the end of the day, if you're bringing in 100 leads, but you're only signing one up and because your sales process, the second big system is not effective mm-hmm. right? how you sign on clients, then you can spend a thousand dollars and only make a thousand because you're not effective at converting those leads into actual clients. Right. So it's two parts. It's generating the leads through paid advertising, having the right systems in place to capture contact information, following up right away. And then also an important aspect of that is getting them in the door. Once they're in the door, having that right sell system to actually close more of the leads that you get in the door. Absolutely. And there's another component that, that I also uh, like to think about. And there's basically three, three tiers. And from my perspective, the three most effective things that a fitness business needs and, you know, not so much any fitness business, any business in general, mm-hmm. it's, you need to have a reliable way to, you know, get leads and appointments, convert those appointments into sales. And then from the sales component, uh, make sure that they have an amazing experience yeah. because when they have an amazing experience, you can set it up. So before they start working with you, they say, Hey, uh, you know, if you're happy with your results after eight weeks of personal training with me, um, are there any three people that you might be able to refer and give a testimonial for? And then you use that and you feed it back into the machine. And then you use the testimonials as more social proof. Right. You keep driving that machine like a snowball effect. Uh, and you know, that's just the, that's just the referral component. Now add that with the, with the lead generation and paid advertising. Now you have momentum, uh, to consistently, you know, basically generate new clients for lack of a better word, as you sleep. Right. You know, that's uh, extremely powerful. I think too, like what you're saying, you know, there's so much competition now. Like I know for myself, I've said this multiple times, you know, 12 years ago when I started my business, you know, it was me and two other guys that had a small little boutique facility. Now in my small town, there's like one on every corner. It seems like one's popping up all the time. So from a a marketing and client experience perspective, you really have to set yourself apart and stand above your competition so that you can continue to generate referrals and have the right systems in place to keep getting those leads on autopilot. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like if you want to grow your fitness business, you need to get people in front of you consistently, like period. There's no other way around that. Uh, and, and you target exactly, you know, who you're looking for with paid advertising, not the finger after you get the strategy down. Right. And I, and I mentioned strategy here and not tactics, because sometimes people get caught up in tactics like, yeah. Ooh, maybe it's chatbots, Maybe it's this free six week challenge. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And they're basically just following what they think works instead of mm-hmm. being pioneers and getting creative with their offers. When you know strategy, you can put any offer you want in front of people and have a fair amount of success because you understand the fundamentals, the foundation, and you're ever, you're able to pivot when the market changes, you know, like back in the day, uh, I think, you know, back in the day, maybe like five, 10 years ago, it was all about bodybuilding, getting as big as you could cutting and then getting shredded and everyone wanted mass. And then these days people are going more for the lean aesthetic. They, they're talking keto and now paleo and all these other things evolve. Yeah. So as the market evolves, you can evolve as well. And that's how you, you know, stay with the longevity 
uh, when it comes to marketing and growing your business. Awesome. Now, what do you think some of the biggest mistakes are that fitness business or business owners are making that are causing them to not generate the, you know, the leads they need to be successful and, and increase their income? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think at the end of the day, every, every single process feeds into itself. And like I mentioned, there's organic, which is free, and then there's paid. But if we're talking about paid, you know, the reason why somebody might not be able to get leads consistently is you have to look at the whole system and then break it down into components. So, you know, as the, is the ad that I'm putting out there, you know, is it, is it getting clicks at an effective, uh, conversion or is it getting, uh, clicks that are cost effective? Yeah. Yes or no. No. Okay. Is it the headline? No, you got to test it. Okay. Is it, is it the, the video or the image? Yes. Okay. Now it's, it's set in stone. Okay, great. Now my cost per lead is a little bit higher than I wanted to. Is this because of local competition or, or is the metrics telling me that people aren't engaging enough mm-hmm. and it's just costing more to, to, to market to this traffic? So you, you look at it from the advertising um, back end. Number one, that's the first component. And then number two, you look at your landing page and you say, okay, well, is my landing page converting effectively? Is my headline matching with what I'm saying in the actual ad, okay? Are the images captivating? Um, you know, am I using images of people that are fit, they're sexy, they're, you know, they're, they're good looking? Because, you know, when you market in fitness, like people don't want to look at like average looking people. They want, they want to look fit. They want to look sexy. That's the whole reason why trainers are able to, uh, you know, like Kayla, it seems all these, all these celebrities on Instagram are able to monetize because they have a, an aesthetic that people want and they yeah. like idolize them. So you use that, you, like I said, you reverse engineer what people want and you put mm-hmm. that into like landing page, prove the conversion, boom, you know, that's step two. And there's obviously like systematic ways to do it. Yeah. That's step two. All right, good. Now my ads are performing well. The landing page is good conversion. My cost per lead is, is, is not horrible and I'm generating 60 to 90 leads a month. Perfect. Okay, now on the lead follow-up. Out of these people that I'm generating leads from, how many of them are coming in for appointments? Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm generating a, a hundred and only 30% of people are coming in for appointments. Well, that tells you, for example, that you're, you might not be targeting the right people because they they're actually don't have a big motivation to show up, or it can mean that your lead follow-up isn't very effective. And that's reflecting in your ability to schedule people in, in the door. Yeah. Right. And that's another component. Okay, great. And that's the marketing at a high level. And now we jump into the sales so if a, if a fitness business isn't successful, it's because they're probably looking at the big picture and not breaking it down into components and identifying what the problem is. Yeah. Also, like, I think, you know, for a lot of fitness business owners that may be listening to us, hearing some of the you know upper end of, you know, marketing and back ends of, of Facebook could be like completely blowing their mind right now. Mm-hmm. You know, for the fitness business owner, that's like, you know what, I just want to bring in leads. I want to train clients. I want to close sales. What advice could you give in regards to a fitness business owner who's looking to hire out, you know, a professional to um, do their marketing as far as Facebook and Instagram? Yeah. So there's, there's two schools of thought with that. Um, And one thing that I've, I've talked to a lot of different gym owners and stuff, a problem that they have with marketing companies is because, you know, it's can be a little bit complicated. And for that reason, Sometimes marketing companies overpromise and underdeliver to get the business right. So my advice is, if you're going to hire a marketing company, go with a specialist in your in your niche. 
in fitness because at least they have a good affinity with a track record of who they've been able to help. Uh, but more importantly than that, you're going to probably, for a specialist, you're going to end up paying anywhere from like $800 to like $1,500 a month just for them to manage it for you. Yeah. So if you don't want to worry about it and you just want to let that sit there, go that route. Not to mention ad spend, you're going to be spending at least 500 to you know $1,000. So you're looking at anywhere from uh, you know, $1,400, $1,300 all the way out to $2,000 a month, right? Okay. And you certainly don't know what the return on investment is going to be because you're trying them out. Obviously, that's what goes to people's minds before yeah. they move forward with someone. The other school of thought is just to empower yourself with the knowledge and follow a step-by-step blueprint on how to do it right. uh, based on people who've had success. So that's what I do, basically. So I, I basically help uh, trainers and gym owners empower themselves with the knowledge um, and a step-by-step process where if you follow step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and you learn the fundamentals, you will have a winning campaign. Right. Uh, and that's basically kind of how I do it in my training programs. Because when I got started, I, I started with done for you. I would do it for different gyms, different, you know, personal training studios. And then I started realizing trends, uh, people in fitness have the same problems, how you solve it with personal training or group fitness is different. Uh, and the demographic might be a little bit different on different parts of the U S but across the U S people would get fairly similar results. So then, you know, when, when I had that proof of concept, then I said, you know what, I'm just going to empower them with a program that offers them support with myself and teaches them everything that I've learned into one cohesive step-by-step formula that they can follow right. and empower themselves with the knowledge. So in case they do want to market it out one day, they at least know what to do and what they're looking for. And, and they have the knowledge on, on what they're looking at uh, right. if they ever decide to do it on their own again. I think because ultimately there's two, like I know from my perspective, I enjoy the marketing. I like the research. I like, you know, driving in leads and figuring out what works, testing things. And so that's my perspective as a fitness business owner. But then there's the other aspect that, like we said, that just wants to hire somebody else. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's also very important for the person who is hiring out somebody to also know some of the ins and outs of, you know, basics of marketing, basics of generating leads, um, as well. Right, exactly. So you, you can be the judge of performance when a company says, hey, you know, I'm hiring this out. And they're like, oh, you know, in three months, we're going to get going. Like, no, nah, it shouldn't take three months, more like two weeks when we get going. Yeah. And then you're looking at the numbers, you're like, okay, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And I guess it adds a level of, of accountability. But I know you mentioned some people don't want to do it. Other people, you know, wouldn't mind doing it. But at the end of the day, the ultimate question that you have to ask is this. Do you want to grow your business? And if I and if somebody could show you how to do it and you get the same result or you pay more money and you have somebody else do it for you, if you have the cash to spend, get the same result, one is probably a little bit more, and I guess I'm being a little biased here. One's probably a little bit more proof of concept. The other one is, you know, you really have to do your due diligence and, and make sure that you're getting, getting the right person. Right. But, you know, either way that you want to do it, it doesn't hurt to know a little bit of, of what you're looking at. Right. Ultimately, for the fitness business owner who's looking to grow, looking to expand, looking to increase their income, you have to generate those quality leads. You have to have the right sales system in place and you have to have the right follow up in place. The right follow up and then make sure that you're getting people amazing results on a consistent basis and that your 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 systems of how you operate your business are optimized down to how the facility looks, how, you know, everything, how the weights are placed how someone greets someone when they come in, yeah. how somebody 
um, you know, get treated by other members in the community. Because if you uh, if you ever look at, at successful fitness business that continue to be successful, and this isn't true for all scenarios, but um, a lot of franchise businesses, the reason why McDonald's and like other like franchise fitness businesses are able to open up multiple locations is because they have systems on how to do things. So when somebody jumps in, they follow the process, somebody gets a very similar experience anywhere they go. So yeah. down to what people wear, the posture, some people get so detailed, but the more detailed you are, you know, the more important. Obviously, if you're just getting started, you know, you're going to be a little scrappy. You got to have to figure things out. But right. when you've been in business for about two to three years, like that's the way you should start thinking about it. Start Absolutely. thinking about it like a Fortune 500 company yeah. that, you know, that is here to do business and, and, and give people amazing results. Because at the end of the day, people pay you for results. That's yeah. all it comes down to. Right. They pay you for what you can do for them. And that's all that matters. And when you get, deliver good results, that doesn't matter what more marketing you do doesn't matter what you have in place other people will find out because results speak for themselves like they say uh women lie men lie but the numbers don't lie boom (laughs) hey you dropped so much like freaking value on the audience man i can't um people if you guys are listening to this i recommend you guys go back through this and really pull out those key points that we talked about in this interview alan's freaking dropped some serious bombs on you guys so hey I like to ask uh, another f- a few more questions to leave the uh, mm-hmm. listeners with. So, what are you currently reading? Yeah, so two of the books that I'm currently reading uh, right now is called The E Myth by Michael Gerber, and yep. and that's actually where I learned what I just spoke about. Yeah, about why most the the, the topic, the theme of the book is why most small businesses fail, mm-hmm. and why the ones who succeed succeed massively, and it lays it out in black and white. And it really helps you think and put it into perspective. Uh, another book I'm reading is called Essentialism. Uh, and, and I kind of forgot who the author was, but I have it. It's, it's over there. And basically it talks about, it's kind of like the 80-20 principle where it basically helps you understand what are the most productive and essential things that you need to be doing to drive results and drive success, whether you're a business for yourself, personally, you know, with health and fitness, like, it puts it into perspective. You know, we spend so much time on, on doing the dishes, on cleaning, on, on all these things that can be hired out to like the $15, $20 per hour work while we can focus on the $1,000 per hour work. And then from there, focus on the things that matter. And like I said, what are the things that matter? Getting new clients in the door, signing them up and giving them a good experience. When you focus on that, everything else is noise. That's how you keep the ball rolling. Right. And part of the part of the reason why I bring in the books for fitness business owners is because kind of like what we talked about in the very beginning, constant, never ending improvement. And reading is where something that you can apply the knowledge that you're getting from that book to apply directly right to your business and is keeping your mind in the in the in the business game. Right. Absolutely. Also, my another one I like is what is your favorite self-help or business book of all time? Uh, you know, it's hard to choose that one, but I, I guess what I can say is the book that put, that put things into perspective for me. Uh, and it's a good book to get you understanding the philosophy of wealth generation. Cause that's, you know, some of the things I was into early on before I got started And that book, you've probably heard of it. It's called uh, rich dad, poor dad mm. by Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. That one just put it into perspective. I was like, damn, you know, yeah. and that's kind of what led me on the path to quit my nine to five job. And, and go into business for myself uh, because it really put it into, into perspective. 
Awesome. I'm going to put all of those books in the show notes for you guys. Uh, Alan, again, I want to thank you for your time. How can my audience connect with you, learn more about um, maybe doing business with you or just uh, follow you in general? Yeah, I mean, the best place uh, for, you know, followers and, and listeners to connect with me is just go to my personal Facebook page, add me as a friend, and we can, you know, start a conversation. I post content content there five to roughly five, five days a week. Uh, so I try to practice what I preach, like I just mentioned. So it's uh, facebook.com forward slash Leeds Bay. That's uh, facebook.com forward slash L-E-A-D-S-B-A-E. Awesome. I'll, I'll include that link in that in the show notes as well. So again, I want to thank you for all the value you provided the audience. I appreciate you. No problem, Andy. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to, to jump on, on this uh, interview with me. Um, I'm more than happy to, to, you know, drop knowledge to, you know, fellow fitness business owners out there uh, because at the end of the day, you know, it, it comes down to, you know, the more you learn, the more you earn. And if I can help someone, um, you know, empower themselves with a little, a little knowledge that's going to take them to the next step, you know, it's a win for me. Boom. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you, Ami. Thank you for listening to the Fit Pro Business Podcast with your host, Andy Salazar. Don't forget to visit fitprobusiness.com to receive your free business building video series.